This is Good Karma Wrestling. Welcome into another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Neinsel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm. And somebody who really enjoyed the rebar mitzvah of one on last night's Dynamite, Jonathan Hood uh, from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Speaking of that opening segment of Dynamite last night, where we saw our world champion in AEW, MJF, sharing with the other three pillars of AEW, was it too soon to see all four pillars in the ring at the same time during this MJF championship run? It was not. And if I was Triple H, if I watched that show on Wednesday night, uh, I would probably take some notes because what we saw there is a dawning of a new era for AEW. What's been one of the criticisms of AEW, bro? It's And that is too many ex-WWE people on mm-hmm. the roster. Well, what you saw is four original guys that's never wrestled in the WWE. And actually, that's a good thing. I think Revolution was a, a really a line in the sand that says, okay, so you want your AEW favorites to get over? Okay, so we're going to make sure that Jericho uh, loses and Danielson loses and all the other WWE guys that fell short in their matchup against Revolution. I think that this is perfect, perfect timing to show the audience that here's the original AEW guy that's been here since the beginning, and now they're going to have a chance for the w- for the AEW championship. Here's what I would say, though. Is it too soon? No. But I think that the writing and the booking will be very interesting because you have I don't know, two and a half months until the next pay-per-view to decide who's going to be the contender against MJF. So that will be a daunting task for them. So what I'll say is I saw the same positive as you. To me, it almost felt early Ring of Honor-ish, where you have those guys that are ready to break out, the Danielsons, the Daniels, the AJ Styles of the world, and it's like, all right, this is the future of the company. The only reason I say yes to it being too early is none of those guys are taking the belt off MJF. So are you just putting them in the main event picture to take the pin and then be out of the main event picture? That's my only concern there, unless the path we go down is some sort of way trying to figure out a number one contender. It's one-on-one, and only one of them ultimately takes a loss at the pay-per-view. I mean, I'm rooting for all four. I'm, I'm rooting for sure. a fatal four-way. And, I mean, there there are so many rumors about MJF's contract status, right? <laughs> all right. And, and it was even referenced last night by Darby Allum, the bidding war of 2024. You know, so by the way, best promo of Darby's career, correct? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. So, without a doubt, every part of that. Well, no, I think it was not only was it the best promo of his career, I mean, you're seeing the fruits of your labor of having Jungle Boy with Christian. Like, Mm -hmm. Jungle Boy was giving some pretty good promos, um, during that feud with Christian, right? And gave the impassioned promos, and you could start to see the growth there, like. Not that he's going toe to toe with MJF last night, but he belonged in the ring. Uh-huh. Like, and 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 he was the one who kicked the whole thing off. But the reason why I, I could see one of those three taking the belt off of really? MJF because who knows what his contract status is? Do you want to have that continue to float out there and hang over the head of your world champion if MJF hasn't signed the contract extension? Now, again, there are rumors that maybe he did sign the contract extension when he came back from his previous hiatus, and this bidding war of 2024 is just part of the heel shtick and persona of MJF. But it was, man, that was just a breath of fresh air. And it, I'm what I'm hoping for, because it felt like, and, and I've brought this up so many times on this show, about how it really felt like 
double or nothing last year after that show aew had some real momentum and they had the mix of uh, obviously cm punk had won uh the world championship at double or nothing last year and there was just some real momentum with some of the the mix of young and older you know more established stars but when you're starting a wrestling company this is what you're hoping for you have those established stars that can help you there's a reason why jericho was the world champion when television opened so you have the jericho's the john moxley's the you know the guys that are recognized recognizable um end up being your world champion now that you've got the you know between nine hundred thousand and a million people that tune in on a weekly basis all right now here's what we have that's unique and different and can take us into that next generation of professional wrestling and these four have been billed as these pillars for what two years at this point yeah but since day one they haven't hit the fact i mean the only time like there's any debate is when Punk said Brit should be part of that group as well. And she was tweeting about that last night. But yeah, it's been since day one. Like, hey, this is the future of the company. Yes, you know the elite. Yes, you know Jericho. But these four are who we're building upon. So I, the fact, I mean, I, I don't care if, you know, they. I'm, I'm, again, I'm hoping for a fatal four-way with all four of them because that's how much I enjoyed the segment last night. But if they tell a story, you know, of the other three fighting to get there and MJF goes through the first two, the last one ends up winning the championship at maybe uh, at um, – uh, okay, now I'm blanking double on or nothing. No, uh, not a double or nothing. So you go with double or nothing, then you go all out. What's the last one of the year? Full um, gear, full, full gear, gear. Oh, full yeah. gear. So I don't know. Then you do a shape, you know, like the last one standing goes right. at full gear, and you can turn this into, you know, an eight, eight month long saga with the pillars. Like, I just the possibilities seem endless. And the fact that you have these four and they're all unique to AEW that gives me excitement, and they all have seemingly interesting stories that they could tell with MJF. Now, see, here's what you're saying, Broach. You're saying that, well, you know, none of these guys will be the AEW champion. None of these guys could beat MJF. Maybe the outside looking in is Ricky Starks. He's not an original. He's a guy sure. that was in the Indies and wrestled in the NWA. So that's where he came from. And so, but the reason why I like this is because you have to define who you are as an organization. If you're if you're just an organization just housing WWE, former WWE, then it, it doesn't really work. Right. I mean, you're AEW. you got to have your original guys in there. And um, for Darby Allen, for him to be able to crack jokes, that's the most glib, the most interesting <laughs> that he's ever been. Usually he's yeah. half dead, monotone. He was fantastic yesterday. <laughs> you look like shit. <laughs> I mean, like, we said that about MJF and his black eyes were just were fantastic. Jungle Boy, you know he's coming to his own. I told you mm-hmm. behind the scenes when people were telling me when it was time for him to do promos 16 months ago, you couldn't find the guy right. hiding in the back someplace when it was time for his promo session. And look at him now. Looks like a badass, right? Looks right. like someone that you could take seriously. Sammy Guevara, here's what's interesting. So I think from the wrestling internet community, he's become a joke. Uh-huh. And just like all oh, this guy's trouble, all this stuff. And so it's it's the most real that we've seen Sammy in a long time. I don't like the insider terms in his promo. Like I was supposed to be sure. just Jericho's bump guy. I'm like, okay, you only talk to a section of the audience there. Like right. here's your opportunity to really shine. And then you're doing, giving us insider terms. That's fine. You want to be that guy. That's fine. But we almost forgot. Yeah, Sammy can go too. And Sammy's had a couple of championship opportunities, and I think he's been taken off TV because of his demeanor. And so for him to kind of get back in that mix, I think that was good. I think it was a great showcase in Winnipeg for you to see, here's the next generation, and w- because if you don't see Omega and the Young Bucks and Jericho, if, when those guys are gone, hopefully those guys will be your next generation that you can watch. The question is, 
You want to pay money to see these guys in the main event? Those four we saw? Three of those four, yes. Yeah. Who's the one you don't want to see? Sammy. Yeah. Okay. Which I think is fair, by the way, because, like, Sammy's the wild card in all of it. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, I mentioned CM Punk earlier, like, obviously, you know, you can't get in a fight with the EVPs of companies, right. but like, I mean, it's been a while since Sammy's been mentioned in something, but Sammy's had his own issues in the they past. They mentioned it last before. night. MJF brought it up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's so, and a lot of that turned me off to Sammy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and. And then the AEW didn't do him any favors in some of those title runs that he had with the TNT Championship because he was playing hot potato, and then he was a baby face, and then he became a schmo- like a super unlikable heel. Like him, him and Ty Mello like just coming out and making out every time. Like it was <laughs> okay. Okay, I understand you're trying to get heat, but at some point, all right, enough is enough. Like let's let's figure out a different way for you to get heat here, Sammy. And yeah, he's kind of just been in the background of the JAS. You know, and maybe he's learned some lessons and he can grow because, again, he can go. He can do some interesting things if he can stay out of his own way. Right. And I think he is the one that you look at those four and like, all right, he's not quite world champion material yet. I think with Jungle Boy and Darby, if you said at the next pay-per-view, one of those two guys goes over and is a world champion, I'm fine with that. I think it'd be a huge moment. The crowd would be super into it. What I worry is, you know, them not going over and then all of a sudden the AEW booking where it's up and then it's down, then it's away. I love like your idea, Gabe, that the long-term storytelling of MJF as champion through the year with 2024 looming is the perfect story and Jungle Boy or Darby being the one to save the company, being in the Cena role to make sure Punk didn't steal the title. Like that works. That's a moment. And there still are other guys. I mean, Wardlow was getting those chants last night when MJF talked about daddy daycare and how the other three have had to be with people. My biggest concern is just what happens after this. And that's always been my concern with AEW recently. This is why MJF is the best, right? Yes. He says that about daddy daycare. Is that the same guy that needed was dancing with Jericho? Yeah. Yep. Is, mm-hmm. is that the same guy that needed to have all this kind of backup before uh-huh. daddy daycare? <laughs> It's not like MJF has been out there alone all this time. He's right. alone now. But did he not? Did he not pay for wrestlers to be around him to protect? It's 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 so great as a heel to lie again. That's just his point of view. But you know, it's a lot. It's just hilarious. I just think it's great. I also think this. This is a little deeper cut. Just watching his face. Anytime that they're going to do another Texas Death Match, you go right to that film. You go right to that tape. This is what a Texas Death Match does for you. Two black eyes. He's got red in his eyes. Um, that's not good. I, I hope that he's real, legit. I hope that he's okay. But that match was two weeks ago, wasn't it? And he still. Well, I think there. he posted on social. It was that horn on his head. The blood went down into his eye. Is what that is. And he had two black eyes and had a big hat on it and glasses trying to cover it up. I mean, that's that. I mean, if, if nothing else sells a Texas Death Match, that does. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens to you when take on the best in the world. He beats your ass. That's what it looks like. It it was something, man. Uh, I was I, I was asking you guys whether or not you were disappointed um, at the ceremony yesterday. I mean, it's the bar mitzvah, rebar mitzvah for MJF, and I thought it was a little short. Yeah, I would have liked to see more of it. I mean, it was a more it was a better time than my own personal bar mitzvah. I felt like, but like, <laughs> I wish there was more to that segment. Wait a minute. No. <laughs> Wait, you didn't have uh, Micah Mania or whatever whatever he had. Well, funny story. I did, in fact, have a wrestling theme bar mitzvah. I believe that. 
with indie wrestlers picking up in the chair, I'm sure. <laughs> and may or may not on this 316 day done a stone cold salute with the beer at the bar mitzvah. So yeah, you know, full oh, circle. Oh, Here oh, we are. There we go. Oh. Hey. There we go. On right under age drinking. <laughs> so I thought it was I thought it was a good length. Because I think the one thing that I think AEW has struggled with on Dynamite in particular is leaving you wanting more. And I think last night's episode, going to the end of it as well, having a cliffhanger of the elites with Hangman Page, a, a you know kind of a making up that they have teased multiple times but have never actually paid off. So now they might actually pay off. Like There are things to look forward to now. Whereas from Dynamite, really for the last nine, ten months, you're going – Okay, what are we looking forward to on this dynamite? Okay, that's a pretty good match. That's a pretty good match. Oh, MJF isn't going to be there. Okay. Um, okay, Moxley's going to bleed again. Like it's 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 been very formulaic in terms of the matches that they have. But now they've got a couple of stories. In fact, I think three storylines with what they have with the women that you actually might be looking forward to next week of them continuing. It was a fantastic dynamite. To the point where I don't know who wrote it. Uh, I like to know. <laughs> I like to shake the hand of the person who wrote that episode in Winnipeg because it was because it was not what we've seen before, guys. Okay. All right, so Gabe, you just laid it out, right? So what have we been saying on the show? Like, what are you going to do with the, this women's division? Well, here's what's happened. You you actually uh, check two boxes in one episode. Taya Valkyrie, who I'm a big fan of, comes down there, and the speculation was because she's from Canada, she was going to take on Jade. And it would have been great for her to actually get in the ring and then beat mm-hmm. Jade Cargill because Taya can. That's number one. It's so funny they both have the same. Uh, they both have the same finish. I don't yeah. know if everyone knows no, that. No, they said that was Jade's finisher she did last night. That's what the Stop commentator it. said. Stop it. <laughs> That's the glam slam. Yeah. yeah, it's so funny that they had the same same finish. But but so you got that, and then. I think we've got an understanding now of former WWE women against the AEW originals. I think that that works too. That's starting to heat up a little bit. So I, mean, I would end that feud. That should be blood and guts. Like that should be the next oh, one. Oh yeah, the women do it. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 yeah. I assume that's the way they were doing it. I, I don't know who the other two to join. The what, the what are they calling themselves? The misfits? The out, the, the out oh the outcasts. That's what it was. Because I tell very, you who it is. Very close to the outsiders. No, the outcasts. Coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> the fourth I would have joined them is Thunder Rosa, and you play off that real life. Oh, like oh, damn. no one wanted me in this locker room. Like it's written right there for you. She's working there. She's a commentator. She's there. Uh-huh. You and need I her. Think she's she's right healthy there. soon. Like I think that'd be perfect. An awesome story. See that that's that's. I thought it was this this company starting to cook again. Uh-huh. This revolution, this thing is oh pretty good, and then so there's so many other things that go along with it too, including even QTV didn't bother me yesterday. Q with QT Marshall. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's not go too far. Let's like it's, it was it was bad. We can call that yeah, bad. Come on, well, QTV was fine. It's a, for a little filler. I got no problem with that because I, I I got a feeling that uh, you know listen QT Marshall as Harvey Levin that makes that's that's fine for me. He had the drink. He had the big bicep there. What else is there? That's fun. It's, it's well, three minutes. It didn't bother me. But now they're turning the shoot into a work with the whole Wardlow thing. Because I yeah. actually believe Wardlow's car was broken into. Yeah. And I felt bad for him. And now like they're, we're passing it off as it was just QTV and their cronies breaking into his car. I don't know. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. I, I because it's Wardlow still... deserves better. I'll say that. Well, let me just say that. So this. does Hobbs. I, well, well, here's, well, that's the angle, right? 
if Hobbs is back there next week in the in the offices for QTV, that's a problem because he doesn't need to be anywhere around that. Right. Hobbs don't need to be around that because that's a gimmick. It's just a, a gimmick to go after uh, dirt sheet writers. I can tell that's what that is. So well, fine. Friday night at 1130 Eastern or wherever in tournament right. wraps up, you got him versus uh, Gabe's guy, Ray Phoenix. Best you wrestler in the world going for the yeah. TNT championship, baby. Yep. Yep. Way Put late. Put it on him, cowards. So late. Enjoy, enjoy <laughs> that in your DVR. <laughs> the the other thing I'll throw out there just to sort of rain on the parade a little bit is the date was announced. We're about two, min- two months away from Forbidden Door. Like, Gabe, you talk about the momentum dying. Are they going to run into that again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably, probably. Yeah, it's late and, June in Toronto. Is unless they week. can, unless they can figure out a better way to do it, because they just kind of halted everything that was good about Double or Nothing last year coming out to halt it, and it, it just felt. But I, I guess I hope maybe they've learned some lessons and they can better integrate some of the New Japan sure. stuff, um, especially, especially if. Instead of going one on one, you throw um, Mercedes Monet in as the fifth person with everybody else, and you mm. do blood and guts there. Get her involved as the so you Thunder Rose is the fourth, fifth person for blood and guts is Mercedes, and then you can really have a banger with the out uh, the outcasts versus the AEW originals. I'm good with that. Again, that's just that's just fantasy booking on the fly, but 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 they, they just have to do a better job of integrating yeah. everything together instead of making it everything just a one-off. And and again, they tried to do that then with the Moxley um, championship match at the end of Double or Nothing last mm-hmm. year because they had to because CM Punk was injured. But for a company that only has four pay-per-views a year, and then to be able to do two pay-per-views in back-to-back months, like it's just I, I don't know the, the the pacing and timing of last year was was not good. The pacing is always going to be thrown off for the modern wrestling fan because they're used to getting their pay-per-view monthly. Mm-hmm. You just have to be patient. Like The reason why I like what I've seen from AEW is because there's some patience there. Like They're trying to set up something for you, knowing that you're not going to get this until another two, two and a half months down the line. That's but that was our issue two weeks yeah. ago like going into Revolution is despite all that time, like it still felt like a rushed pay-per-view. Like over mm-hmm. half the card was just sort of thrown together. So like they still have to come through with that. Well, yeah. because... What, what last night showed to me is they can actually attempt to tell multiple stories at one time. Yeah. Whereas previously, like it seemed like going into revolution, it seemed like they could only concentrate on one thing at a time. Right. Sure. So they early, they concentrated on Danielson versus MJF. And that thing was set. What a month before yeah. where, where Danielson ran the gauntlet that he had to run in order to get his Iron Man match. Okay. Now that's set. And then that kind of treaded water for the next few months and everything else kind of fell into place for that card over the final four weeks because they just could not tell multiple stories trying to build to the pay-per-view. And again, they told multiple stories last night. They've, they've got potentially four multiple stories building towards the next pay-per-view, which has not been their strength. Yeah, I, I like it. It's It looks like they're turning the page. We'll just see week by week how it's going to grow. But I, I like that they're starting and, and showing you, here's the our AEW talent. Grow with us. And so that's good. Yeah. So let's go ahead and move on to the three count, the other top three stories in the world of professional wrestling that we like to keep an eye on. Brian, what do we have at number one? Today, March 16th, is also known as 316 Day to those who celebrate. Rumors still circulating around Stone Cold and whether we'll see him in L.A. at WrestleMania. 
Sean Ross Sapp says LA Knight was one of the opponents pitched for this year's Mania. Do yeah. you guys want to see Stone Cold wrestle again? I I think I'm cool if I don't see him wrestle again. The one thing I want is a random Stone Cold. I want him to show up randomly. Like I just want to experience the thrill of not knowing he's coming and hearing the glass shatter again. That's what I want. Because last year, he didn't show up until Mania. We weren't sure if he... I mean, we knew he was going to show up. But storyline, you know, they had kind of the way that they had kind of built it with Kevin Owens. I just want to see him surprise everyone the way he did on night two. Like, because we didn't think he was coming out night two. Comes out to make the save. Has the great moment where he gets to stun Vince. Gets to hit, you know, do uh, Pat McAfee probably has the most viral moment of WrestleMania last year after he gets stunned and still trying to drink beer as he's been stunned on the floor. Um, that's what that's what I want to see because that's the one thing I always think of when I think of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think of the glass shatter and the pandemonium that then surrounds that. So I'm I'm cool if I don't see him wrestle again. But I want to see him make a save at some point where we don't see it's coming and we hear that glass shatter and have everybody go crazy. Yeah, I uh, I have no problem with him wrestling again. He doesn't have to wrestle for me, but if that's what he wants to do one, for a one-off, that's fine. Um, I just, I'm envisioning what that looks like with L.A. Knight, right? So L.A. Knight goes, yeah, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin says, what? Yeah, what? Yeah, what? And then the crowd goes back and forth, right? I think that's what would happen. And so, but it's kind of like the Bray Wyatt match. What does that do for, for LA Knight? Like, you, right. all right, you got the rub <laughs> from Steve Austin, and then what? Right back to the mid card? I mean, yes. You know, so that's that's what I'm looking at. Like, what is it if he comes back and he's coming back for again just LA Knight? I could say if LA Knight was one of the top guys in the company, but he's not. So. What would that do for LA Knight? I like, and I'm trying to figure out who else on the roster he would tangle with. I, I'm not not even sure. No, was, like no one comes to mind, and that's why, like, I think we sort of had this satisfaction of like seeing last year, and we're like KO getting that moment. Like it was special for KO also, yes. who deserved that moment, but they weren't going to put near the main event scene. Like that added to last year. Like if you told me it's it's Austin and LA Knight just doing that promo battle, like. That's fine. fine, but I don't need them wrestling at Mania. Like I don't need to see Austin in the ring again. Yeah, I just I think because that's his best tool right now. It's not wrestling mm-hmm. now. Now, if it's a wrestling match with Austin, he'll do what he always has: punch and kick. That ain't right. really wrestling. You don't have to get on the <laughs> you don't have to get on the ground for that. It's punching and kicking. You made a Hall of Fame career of just punching and kicking. <laughs> you know, after being like one of the best wrestlers in WCW when he was stunning Steve, comes into WWE and is like, "Oh, I got to do is punch and kick." Okay, uh-huh. I can do that three hundred days a year and make a whole bunch of money. It makes you wonder though, like who Austin would be set up with, and so right. it's either like the 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 guy that they're going to push next or an established star. And so kind of piggybacking on what we talked about earlier, Gabe, like the four pillars of AEW, like I was writing a short list while we were talking about if that promo would happen to WWE, who would it be? And so oh, sure. I, wrote, I wrote down Solo, Solo and Austin. Oh, boy. Right. I don't. So, I don't trust Solo. I don't trust Solo with Austin at this point. Oh, do you, do you think Steve, he thinks it's a, a, <laughs> thinks it's a shoot. Yeah, like, <laughs> Solo's gonna. So he's gonna get punched by Austin. He's gonna punch back, and it's not gonna end well for for our hero. So I wrote down Solo. I wrote down uh, Del Fantasma, the guy that's on SmackDown. Okay, what's his, what's the name? I mean, he's part of that group. The um, the lead of yeah. that. 
Delphasma is the name of the group. Um, I'm completely blanking on his name. Zelina yeah. Vega is the leader yeah. of that group, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but that's but that's who that's who she is. I I honestly don't I had completely forgotten that they were a group until they came out to make the save for Ray this past yeah. Friday. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. These guys are on SmackDown. That guy can go. I yeah. I'm like so I'm thinking like solo him is 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 Gunther on that list? How is but Gunther's going? Gunther's a little older, isn't he? How old is Gunther? I mean, Santos Escobar, by the way, is his name. Santo Escobar, thank yeah. you. And then Legado Del Fantasma is the name of the group. <laughs> yes. And then um, you know, and and I think the uh the husband of the uh of the WWE uh Raw Women's Champions Championship. Yes, that would be okay. good. And like either of those guys would be good, but like that is a tough question trying to come up with four of those guys. So yeah, Tez is definitely on the list. Mm-hmm. Montez, yeah, Montez Ford is four. on the list. Yep. I I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. But Austin Theory is probably on the list. Theory's on that list, sure. Absolutely. He's in the Sammy role. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So, yeah. That will be someone that you don't really like, but he's over? Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. So that's what I was thinking. Like, so Because that's the only reason why I'd want Austin back is because he's pushing someone or someone's already established. That did a lot for Kevin Owens. You're right, bro. It's from last year. So it's got to be one of those guys. But you knew you could trust KO in that right. spot. You know, like, I, I don't know if I can trust any of those younger guys in that spot with with Stone Cold if he were to come back this year. I mean, the yeah. other two I'll throw out there that, like, sort of fit that, that you can trust, that, like, there have been rumors this week, Pete Dunn and Chad Gable. Because, like, there have been rumors of them sort of going off doing their own thing, Pete Dunn, you know, being Pete Dunn and not Butch. I feel like you could trust them in the ring. I also don't know how old either of those guys are. Like, are they young? No, I don't okay, think. I have does, no feel for that. He looks like he's been had a lot, a long, long road. Butch, you know, I mean, Butch has just, lived. I mean, you, let me you, tell you something. Your yeah. name cannot be Butch and be hold a young a person. That's just that's. You know, hold on, Pete Dunn in there with Steve Austin. Goddamn kid, screwing up with my fingers. What are you doing with them with my fingers, okay. kid? By the way, the, uh, according to the old Google machine, Pete Dunn, age a uh, twenty-nine. No shot. He ain't twenty nine. He ain't. Are you serious? Thirty till November. No, I don't believe that. No, <laughs> don't think that's true. Uh, but uh, but uh, could you imagine him snapping the fingers of Steve Austin? Yeah. That won't work. <laughs> this is this is a work, kid. My fingers are broke. What? I mean, another one I'll throw out, and I don't know why he's not called up yet. Is what about Braun Breaker? Braun Breaker. Yep. Like, yeah. What are they waiting for there? Yeah, Braun Breaker. So. so I, I guess I don't I, I don't watch NXT, but the fact that he hasn't been called up yet tells me that he's not ready, right? Right. Like he's been he's the champ there for like wise. seven years. Yeah, he's like approaching the NXT record or has it already. Like he'll probably drop it to Carmelo Hayes, you know, stand and deliver Mania weekend. But I don't know. Yeah, he's not a great promo, but he's definitely good enough to be called up at this point. The the son of Rick Steiner is not ready. Oh, that's something. Okay. <laughs> okay. Whatever you say. I mean, he certainly, from the few times I've seen him, he doesn't look green to me. He looks like he looks like an animal. But okay, I'm wrong. He sits I mean, down there next to he helps those six hundred thousand people watch every Tuesday. So, 
But with with the way that that Hunter has done things, like you should be able to find him a mouthpiece if he's not good at promos at this point. Correct. Like they've got, you know, they they brought back Zelina Vega for that role for um for Santos and Legado del Fantasma. They've you know they've got different people out there that are more managers and mouthpieces versus what Vince was doing before he was ousted of the company. So. To me, like that, that's easy to solve. Okay, he's not a great promo, but he looks the part. And if he can wrestle in the ring, you can find him a mouthpiece somewhere. There's, there's got to be someone in the locker room that can cut promos for the kid. Wow, a Steiner that can't talk. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> someone named Steiner that needs a mouthpiece. Hmm. That's why maybe that's why WCW thought it was a brilliant idea to have Ted DiBiase be the mouthpiece of the Steiners because that works. Well, like, I, yeah, get out, I mean, Ted. Get That's out. one of my favorite promos of all time when Rick can't figure out how math works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so I got a 33% chance of doing – no, wait. But there's So you got a 50-50 chance, but then you add 33, you add those together. Uh, and <laughs> one of my fa- like, like I honestly watch that promo two or three times a year when I just <laughs> need a good laugh. Like I, honest, I swear to God, I swear to God, when I'm feeling down, that will pick me up like that. See <laughs> TNA probably did that five or seven, like seven or eight different takes, and they're like, "Okay, that's the best yeah. one." <laughs> like, Go ahead. Put it Thanks in. for your time, Scott. Let's keep moving. Oh my uh, god! But we're in agreement. We do not see Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin wrestle at this WrestleMania, correct? Like they would have already, they would have already begun the build for it. Yep, that's correct. All right. Uh, what do we got at number two, Brian? Austin's a member of the WWE Hall of Fame, as are the Steiners, like we talked about. The WWE finally announcing the class of 2023. Rey Mysterio, the great Muda, the first two entrants. Who are some guys and girls that you want to see inducted in this year's Hall of Fame class? Like, are they actually ever going to do Batista? (laughs) Because, like, he was a part of the 2020 class, but they didn't actually do a Hall of Fame induction. And so then I think they, he wasn't available the next year when they all came back. Correct. So, so is he I, just in already? Like, how does that work? I don't know. But I mean, I, I think they need to do an induction. Like, he he right. deserves to be able to have the speech and have someone come out. And I, I don't know who that would be. Um, but also having him and Rey Mysterio in the same class would be fun. Sure. Um, but, but Batista, like, actually giving Batista his literal flowers, I think, right. is is due <laughs> at this point. Uh, I'm going old school. I think this should be the year, if not now, then maybe Philadelphia next year. The Midnight Express and Jim Cornette should be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, whatever the issue is with Jim Cornette and the WWE in the past, you got to put that in the past. Those those guys, now that we've lost Bobby Eaton, sadly, um, you got still have Stan Lane and Dennis Condry, part of the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette. They should be in the Hall of Fame. Ivan Koloff should be in the Hall of Fame. Randy Orton should be in the Hall of Fame. And I don't know how much wrestling he's got left, but he's he's been there long enough for him to be able to be honored. He should be honored and should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Well, I'll that, say do this. you like the current ones being inducted? Because like the Ray induction right now feels like it's just for storyline purposes. He's deserving of it, though. He's deserving, yes. But while he's still out there and they're doing the Dominic stuff, like that's all it feels like. I what, what if what if the, the his last match is WrestleMania for real? I guess Dominic. That should that's gonna that, be the end, right? Oh, that would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that would I, I think that would be for storyline purposes and for him, clearly that's something that he wants to be able to wrestle against his son. I, I'm not a fan of the current like and I understand how it kind of ends up happening. Like they because they put an edge because, well, 
That right. was supposed to be it for Edge, right? <laughs> yeah. and, and he had yeah. the miraculous recovery, so it makes sense that he can still be the Hall of Famer that comes out. I, I, I just think that once you go in the Hall of Fame, you have to be mostly retired. Maybe if you come back every once in a while. The, the way we see with Trish and Lita right now, you know, they're not full-timers, but Ray's still a full-timer. So I, when it comes to Randy, if he was put into the Hall of Fame, I would assume that he's done, and that mm-hmm. would make me sad. So as long as he's fighting for a chance, whatever he's going through, whatever he's dealing with physically, as long as he wants to try to still fight that and make his way back to the WWE, I don't think you should go in. I, I think you should be either announced your retirement or be mostly retired before you go in. <laughs> so, I mean, so what's left for Randy Orton? I don't need to have him have another championship role. It's just like he will take on uh, Matt Riddle. And that's the last match I want to see. I mean, that's it. Right. I, I mean, that's what we're waiting for before the injuries, before Riddle went through whatever he's going through, his personal issues, whatever it is. Uh, we were trying to get to Matt Riddle against mm-hmm. Randy Orton. And so after that, I don't know what else for Randy to do. I mean, he's already wrestled the world's greatest match or whatever that was, the, gra- <laughs> the greatest match yeah. ever. Greatest against match. Edge or whatever. So, I mean, uh, that and demolition and then, you know, I, I, China's not in yet, is she? No, no. Okay. All right, well, so. I, did they? Was she a member of? Did they put her in as a member of DX? I mean, they mentioned her. I don't know if they included that. Like, she was the one I had because that's to me. It's all those names that, like, I feel like we're never gonna get to, but you can't say never. Like, we saw Warrior go in, but like Owen should be in. Like, Demolition is obviously not in for a reason. In googling and looking around stuff today, King Kong Bundy's not in for some reason. There's some like, heat there. Heat. Yeah. So, like, I would love to see those randos. I mean, you mentioned next year with Cornette. Like, I feel like next year has to be Heyman in Philly. I think so. I think like, so. I would love to see that. Is, like, give him that moment. Is he going to be done when this when this uh, storyline ends with the bloodline? I don't think he needs to be. I, mean, I, I think it's it's a hundred percent on Paul. Like if Paul yeah. wants to be around, like they'll find something for him, and and he'll make it fantastic and interesting. And as he has done with everything he's done in WWE, except for when he was the manager of Cesaro, uh, he, right. even even he couldn't make that one work because um, it was just an odd pairing. But like, because I, I don't know if he really needs to do it anymore. Does he? Well, no, no more odd than than his team with he teamed with Joe Hedding. If, do you recall him being the Intercontinental <laughs> Champion, like the son of Kurt Edding? Like Joe, what was this? McGillicuddy? What was his name? Uh, Curtis Axel. Curtis, Curtis Axel. Yeah. McGillicuddy yeah. before that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so like, it's like, that was weird. But he's trying to get guys over, right? Just like these young yeah. guys. He's trying. You know, so I mean, I, I, why do I still think that even if Roman loses at WrestleMania, that Heyman will still be at Roman's side? He could be. Very yeah. well could be. Dep- because. If they want to keep the bloodline together and figure out a way, even once he loses those championships, clearly they want to keep the bloodline story going for if Rock wants to come back. Correct. Mm-hmm. So that's and, that's the easy way to keep that rolling. And then uh, the other name out there, like when is the Rock's time? Like, is it the weekend he's wrestling also? Like, do you have to double dip if you're getting him back for a mania saying, hey, can you do the Hall of Fame one night and wrestle the other? Is it, you know, how do you figure that well, part he's, out? Well, he's on the record of kind of being what I was just talking about. He wants to be retired and not actually think that he can wrestle a match before he okay. goes in. So as long as he thinks he can wrestle, I think he I think he would do wrestle and then a year or two after that be a part of the Hall of Fame. 
The other thing with our Hall of Fame is I feel like they're in that spot now where we start to see some people go in that you're maybe like, really, are they Hall of Fame? We're like, because the AEW stuff, like, when does a big show get in? When does a Jericho get in? Like, are they just treading water? And like them acknowledging great Muda, like that's a win for wrestling fans. Like that's something that wouldn't have happened five years ago. Like that is impressive in that what they're doing in regards to that. I don't think Vince would have approved of Muda right away. <laughs> I don't, that, that's not how Vince works. Like mm-hmm. these, there's some guys that should be in and women should be in the hall of fame, but it's Vince's hall of fame. People don't right. really realize that it's like, why isn't demolition in the Hall of Fame? Right. I mean, I mean, seriously, because of Vince. Something uh-huh. with Bundy, something weird happened with Bundy. Bundy's dead now. You can just throw right. him in there posthumously. I mean, he could do that. Um, but he's got personal issues with some of these guys. And so I think, as far as I know, Triple H has more of a, a say now in the Hall of Fame. So maybe some of these people that uh, deserve to be in, maybe they'll get in now. Yeah, and the other thing I'll throw out to you guys, like, it's always fun to see who, like, uh, Gabe, you mentioned who inducts Batista. Like, who inducts Ray? Because I feel like it's, is it Flair for Muda? It's, uh, it's Conan. Hmm. Yeah, they were talking about Conan for Ray. Yeah, Max okay. Moon. He'll be in the Max Moon outfit, <laughs> the, the terrible Max Moon outfit. Bad gimmicks, boy. Uh, so it'll be Conan. He'll he'll do it. it w- which again, outside the box. Yes. Yeah. Complete, uh, you think Vince would have signed off on, you know, <laughs> keeping at a hundred the the podcaster with Glenn Gilberti, him Conan? Like who's that, pal? Conan. <laughs> Ever work here? He was Max Moon. Oh, goddamn, pal. <laughs> like, like he wouldn't know. Like it, that'd be it would be someone. You know how they used to do it. Someone from within the organization. Someone within the organization would be doing it, but it wouldn't right. outsider like Conan. Hmm. You can tell things have changed. That is accurate. <laughs> when yes. when does Michael Cole go in? Um, you know it's funny. Jr. went in while he was still commentating. Yeah, yeah. That was in Chicago where he stood up and was going to sit down, and Jerry Lawler gave him a goose. Until instead of <laughs> put his finger where the, where the sun don't shine to make him stand up l- longer, um, that's an interesting one. Philadelphia, maybe. I because I, I guess well, he's look. He he seems like he's having a fantastic time on SmackDown, and he he obviously really enjoyed the time with Pat McAfee. And who knows if Pat makes his way back to WWE as a commentator because he just continues to fill up his plate, <laughs> but he seemed to be having the time of his life with Pat McAfee. So I, I and I'm not suggesting Michael Cole's going to be done anytime soon, but he has also been there for a very long time. That's correct. Well, maybe uh, not no. Billy cause he get boot out of there, but maybe another <laughs> WrestleMania Those people, they don't, they don't like him. Um, so he's got to go to a place where he knows that he's not going to get booed. I think that, He's done a complete turn now, and Jim Jim Ross has been away from the organization so long that I think people are starting to really appreciate Cole for being an actual wrestling fan and can be able to relax and just call a match without Vince McMahon yelling yeah. in his ear. And, and I think that was the first thing that a lot of people noticed in the early shows of Triple H was, oh, yeah. When Michael Cole can do his thing, he's actually pretty good at this. Yeah. Like, and, and again, you mentioned him being such a wrestling fan. He wasn't allowed to be a wrestling fan under Vince McMahon, but now he can be. So that's yeah. that, that, that. That was a kind of a name that, again, I, I don't know when he's going in, but he's a surefire Hall of Famer that's going to go in someday. What do we have at number three? Kenny Omega this week in an interview with CBC was asked about one day going to the WWE. He said, quote, 
I think at this point, anything new appeals to me. And challenges also always, always appeal to me. What percent chance do we see Kenny in the WWE one day? I, I, I want to say 45%, just barely below 50. I, I don't want to say never, but he also seems like a guy who enjoys based on the belt collector that he was not that long ago, being able to wrestle in multiple companies if he can. And that's just not what WWE does. WWE does not allow you to do that. And oh, by the way, he still is the IWGP United States champion right now. Oh yeah. That goes out the window, being able to do stuff with new Japan, being able to do stuff with AAA, being able to do all these other things that you like to do that goes away with WWE. And maybe he still has a close enough relationship with Cody where, you know, Cody gives him the lowdown and he, he likes what he hears. That's why I have it at 45%. So I, I would lean towards, I don't think he's going to do it, but I think if, if the offers are right and he feels he can tell compelling stories while in WWE, then I think he's in. Um, then, I, then I think he goes for it. But he just doesn't seem like a guy who wants to be tied down to just one company. Well, what a homecoming for Omega and for Jericho in Winnipeg Wednesday night. Man, just like, I mean, you would think that, boy, that's off the beaten path. Why are they going to Winnipeg? Well, you got those two and you got Don Callis, <laughs> right. all from the same city, right? And so yeah. if nothing else, whatever they drew, that was all from Omega and from Jericho. Jericho got most of the uh, appreciation because – you know, got the key to the city or some metal in the street. They named a street after him. Yeah, which is cool, right? But Omega's from the same city. And I just like, I, I love that um, he was in the spotlight. You notice how the Young Bucks walked behind him? Mm-hmm. They didn't work, they didn't walk all, you know, three together. They walked behind him to push Omega out there, like, this is your city, this is your time. And because of his time with AEW, Early on, we saw a guy that's well, coming off of New Japan, off that TV, boy, that guy, one of the best wrestlers, if not the best wrestler in the world based on the competition he'd face. He's taking on some of the best, right? Okada and Tanahashi and all these guys, and he's going 30, 40, 50 minutes at a clip, all these classic matches. So now we see him in AEW, and, you know, we have not seen the best of him just as of yet. Yeah. To the point where I'm thinking at some point in time, he might be champion again. Now, and, and, and here's why. The schedule's so light now. So light. You got a few house shows sprinkled in there, but not to the point where Omega's got to be there for them. <laughs> right. So I, I really believe that just like anything else, I mean, some of these veteran wrestlers will try their hand in the WWE, including Omega. And I think the biggest reason for that is Cody Rhodes is the Pied Piper. Cody's over there, and Triple H is like, hey, uh, who's over there uh, that can help us, right? And so it wouldn't surprise me if the Young Bucks are there. You know, that would be their retirement plan, going to WWE. Uh, That would not surprise me. And same thing with Omega. It it feels like 50% for me, but not this upcoming contract. I think at some point there's going to be a move. And the reason why I feel strongly about saying that, Gabe, is because based on what we saw last night, and seeing uh, those pillars, it's almost like AEW saying, hey, look, I know we got these EVPs, but they're not going to be here forever. As much as we appreciate them, they're not going to be here forever. So we got to start pushing these young guys and put them in a position to be in main events. So I would say about 50%. But not this upcoming contract, though, bro. It's I think at some point he'll get over there because Cody will want him there. Yeah, I think that's fair. But if you're Kenny, like, 
and to Gabe's point about how much he just enjoys wrestling, like having the Osprey matches, having those random one-offs at random companies, I don't know how you look at the WWE and be like, oh yeah, I can excel there and get those matches. Like to me, if I'm him looking at the company, like AJ Styles is the ceiling. AJ Styles was a champion. He was their world champion, but he was never the guy in the company. Like when WrestleMania season came around, it was never, oh, AJ's the guy we're putting on the marquee. Like to me, that's what Kenny's going to be. The Bucks to me seem more likely because they just seem to be more of wrestling fans. And it might just be a bucket list thing to say, hey, we got to work a mania. Like when we yeah, talked to Gargano, but, that was one of his things. Like the Bucks feel like they'd be in that boat. Yeah, but Triple H doesn't give a rip about tag team wrestling. Like Correct. Hey, meet, meet, when it comes to tag team wrestling, meet the new boss, same as the last. Like does not That's care fair. about tag team wrestling. You know, so I, I have a harder time imagining the Bucks going there for the same reason. I, I just don't picture FTR going there unless Triple H just decides coming out of whenever this tag team um, championship reign ends for the Usos that they're actually going to re-emphasize tag team wrestling. It's but that's just, not going to happen. Like, we've seen that. You're right. We've seen that already. And as that time comes, it's going to be more Vince involvement. So, like, it's going to be working against that. Because who who Ooh. do we think are taking the tag team championships off those guys? It ain't a tag team. Right. <laughs> right. It's two singles wrestlers. Yeah. Right. right. It's not a, it's not an established tag team. I, I would uh, – and there's something else I just want to throw in the mix, too. It's like if, if Omega and the Young Bucks go to WWE, and I think it, is, it will happen – so there's a lot of tread on those tires for yeah. all three of those guys. A lot. New Japan just takes so much out of you, man. And it's not just because of the action. They wrestle a lot during the week. Yeah. And a lot during the weekend. So Omega making that house show in Peoria. I mean, he, he's gonna he's gonna be there, you know, he's gonna be there in the in West Palm at the house <laughs> show. I mean, that's 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 part of it too. It's more than just raw and smackdown. I mean, you gotta be out there and wrestle 15, 20 minutes. And I know that the house shows are not like they used to be. They've cut down on them, but still, you got to get on the road. And Cody Rhodes is, in, is doing those house shows, too. Oh, yeah, Cody's all over. But like that's the thing. Like, Cody being the comp, like, there's just more to Cody. Like, Cody has more of the WWE look. Cody has the storyline with his last name. Like, those guys just don't have it. Like, and I think the Sammy thing, like, could impact that. Like, they look at that and see a guy get over organically that has a strong fan base, but there's a cap on what he can do. Like, that has to impact guys like this. Speaking of Cody and house shows, if you missed Cody, we interviewed him last week. Download that wherever you get your podcasts. Also, because we, we did talk to him, he's going to be in Milwaukee. If you're in Milwaukee, go to the house show this Boom. Saturday night at oh, Pfizer right. Forum. Yeah. Tickets available at Ticketmaster or through the Pfizer Forum box office. That is um, a good promotion right there. Very good. Yes. <laughs> just no, want to okay. make sure, you know, just want to make sure we hit that. But yeah, I, when I think of when, <laughs> this guy here, he's making sure because it wasn't in the interview because Excalibur wasn't here to drive it. It's what, <laughs> what happens. We got JR in the chair because I forgot to promote Milwaukee. So, so, so that's a problem. Oh, and we got Cody Rhodes here. Cody, how are you? What's he here for? I don't know. <laughs> but if that caliber up there was going to be there, he would promote the Milwaukee show. Just want to make sure. Surprise. Just want to make sure when they come back and they offer up somebody good, we get him again. You know, that's I'm just trying to cover our ass here, pal. <laughs> here we go. I've never heard the double promotion before. I've never heard that before. He's very. Oh boy, these these goofs. They forgot to mention the Milwaukee. <laughs> Sorry, Cody, you're dead. Let's talk about that. Like, so have you leave Jr. in the chair? I'm sorry, I forgot. It's going to be a great house show in Milwaukee, though. Yes, great oh, yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee, Madison. If you're as you're watching, 
Go see Cody Rhodes. Yeah, go buy your tickets now. Point. Yep, absolutely. Get your tickets now. Cody Rhodes now. versus Finn Balor is uh, what's on the marquee. Yeah, that's be a good, good wrestling one. match. But when He's it comes to Kenny, wow. like, <laughs> what dream match? <laughs> what else do we have on the card? Go run it down. What else do we got? The uh, we've got a Fatal 4-Way for the, the uh, Raw Women's Championship. I don't know who's involved with that. It was just uh. f- Fatal 4-Way. Uh, uh, Seth freaking Rollins versus Austin Theory for the U.S. title. Oh, also wow. When are we going to oh, title wow. change there? In yeah. Milwaukee? In Milwaukee. In oh. Milwaukee. Yeah. Oh, wow. Huge card. Huge card. Make sure you're there. Don't miss it. Get your tickets now. (laughs) But when it comes to Kenny, like what dream matches does he have in WWE? Like, let's say, let's say this contract he signs there and he's there at the beginning of next year. Like Kenny versus Cody. Like would Triple H put that on? It's Roman and there's no way he's going over Roman. Sadly, it'll be like, uh, it, it would be AJ Styles or Jay White when he gets there. It'll be New Japan all over again. It'll be New Japan light because they can't wrestle like that in WWE. They're not <laughs> he just wants to, to play that. video games with New Day. I think that's what it comes down to. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. You know what? Actually, you know, maybe I'll go 55% the other way because, yes, he does want to play video games with New Day. That makes a ton of sense. Plus, no, he has a nice little paycheck to go along with it. I, I, but Omega in that schedule, though, that's the whole thing, man. Could you imagine being being – be be the elite, and they put the, they have the video. Oh man, here we are. God, it's so tough. Walla Walla Washington. Wow. Okay, <laughs> so we're here and uh, super kick party. Where else are we going? Uh, we're going to Cheyenne, Wyoming. Yeah, Fort Collins, Colorado. Yeah, Albuquerque. Wow. Okay, super kick party. We're so tired. Our legs are hurting, man. I don't know if we can keep doing this. <laughs> like, like, instead of the nice, cushy once every two right. weeks job in AEW, they're going to be wrestling four, day, four days a week. Like, I'm so tired and so old, man. I can't keep doing this. And then injuries occur. Of course. Of course yes. That's how it goes. Yeah. What do we have in the news and notes section, Brian? All right, John Cena. In an interview with the AP, was asked about Vince McMahon and if he had to reconcile his friendship after the allegations about Vince came out. Cena said, quote, when you love somebody, you take them as imperfectly perfect as they are. We all make mistakes. We all have poor decisions. Lord knows I've made my collection of poor choices. That doesn't mean I'm not going to love somebody. There's no way I can go on record and say I don't love Vince McMahon. Look, buddy. We know your actions. You were like the first person seen with him in public after yeah. all this broke. Like you, you uh-huh. got dinner with him in New York. We know how you feel about him, but you can't say if you want to be a big movie star, pal, you can't say that part out loud. Uh-huh. You can't be on the record of, yeah, I'm willing to look past his sexual misconduct. Doesn't bother me. Can't do that. Can't do it. That's not going to be good for you. And I would not be shocked if he has to eventually backtrack on this. That's uh that's a tough one, guys. That's a <laughs> tough one because you know that question is gonna come up at some point, and we know how close they are. I think one of the reasons yeah. why Vince was even in the back in Boston, it wasn't is he in the in creative? I think he is, at least he has some say. But I think he came back specifically to see John, John Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a no comment there, or there's a way around that without giving a full embrace to someone who's a sexual predator, allegedly. But like, it's, it's a tough spot there for Cena. You got to be able to massage that better. Well, 
The Rock has given you the playbook. Like, yes. just follow what he does. You know, where The Rock, like, whenever he is, I, I feel like anytime he's been asked about it, he's able to speak glowingly of, hey, I don't think I'm where I am without Vince McMahon in my time in WWE. Like, I'm very grateful to that man. That being said, this is not good. Like, that, you know, like, you can you can be able to parse that in a way that I think you can still be true to your relationship with Vince and, and not endorse sexual misconduct <laughs> and sexual and I think assault. Also, there's something to like being at the level that Cena is like, if you're a random WWE wrestler and you want to comment about how much you love Vince, despite all this, that's fine. But if you want to be John Cena, if you want to be the movie star, like you said, Gabe, like, Remember when Vince did the SmackDown Raw back-to-back when this stuff was first coming out? Him and Cena were in the ring together on that Raw. We were surprised by that, that Cena would share the screen with him even for 10 seconds. But he's fully embracing it. Like, you mentioned the pictures out in public. Now to say this, like, yeah, there's a way around this just to give the sort of word vomit without saying there's no way I can say I don't love Vince McMahon. Like, you have to read the room better. And if you want to be a star, if you want to be the next Rock, you can't be saying stuff like that. How much alcohol was consumed by his PR person after this interview? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, that this is difficult to, because it's not just your friend, oh, my friend screwed up. No, my friend, time and time again, has been accused right. of a sexual assault and to the point where you had to pay off some people. So uh, it comes across as guilt. And mm-hmm. so if you are Cena, uh, maybe he feels like he's Teflon, like you'll still always have roles anyway. But that, that's just not a friend screwing up. This is not uh, John Morant. This is right. m- much more serious, quite frankly. And it's so. not a one-off. Like, it wasn't a one-time thing. Like, we, we've seen guys, like, you know, there's DUI accidents, and guys will come out and support, like, yeah, they made a mistake. They screwed up, but I'm going to be there for them. There are a lot of allegations against Vince. There's a lot of paper trails saying that he was paying people off. Like, it's not a one-off here. And that's the other That's the other problematic part of this statement to refer to sexual assault allegations yeah. as mistakes. Yeah. No. It's a little more serious than that, John. No. And to compare yourself, Lord knows I've made my collection of poor choices. Like, what are you saying there? Yeah. Not the so, same. Whatever your poor choices is, it's we're not privy to them and it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. You can't you can't uh compare your mistakes to something as serious and as disgusting as what we've read and seen from Vince McMahon. So um, you know, for a guy that speaks eloquently, that usually is a very rep- great representative of the company, that's a tough one. That's a tough to swallow, what he said yep. there. Um, I, well, there. See, here's the thing about Cena, though. There won't be any ramifications. Like, he's not going to be leaving the company. I don't think he'll lose $1 in Hollywood for it. But just understand that that's, that's tough to what he said there. There's a different way to say that. Yep. Elsewhere in news and notes, Sean Ross Sapp first report that Bray Wyatt is currently out of action with, quote, an undisclosed physical issue. Dave Meltzer says it's not a creative issue, but he can't speak on what it is. And he does say the Mania match versus Lashley is reportedly still on. Which makes sense because, I mean, you would think they would want Bobby Lashley on the card if the physical issue was going to prevent Bray Wyatt from wrestling in three or four weeks. So, you know, hopefully Bray is okay and... The problem is it takes Bray so damn long to tell a story. Whatever he's going to have to do is truncate it. Although maybe that's good for Bray at this point, <laughs> making him have the story only be three weeks leading into Mania. That's fair. Mm. Physical issue. What does that really mean? 
I mean, could it be as simple as the fact that Vince is around again? <laughs> is that the physical issue? I mean, he's, got, he's tying his arms and legs so he can't be on any television shows. Yeah, that's maybe like, issue? oh, yeah, no, I can't work with this guy. I mean, boy, that's bad. When you got Brock Lesnar saying, I can't work with him. I can't be involved with this gimmick. It'll ruin me. You're Brock Lesnar. Like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with puppets and hocus pocus. No, I don't want to deal with that. I'm afraid. By of By the way, speaking of that, how does he say that and then does what he did on Monday? Uh, with with the hand in the oh, face from Omas. Oh, oh Omas, boy, that like, got me excited for the match. That that's over, brother. I mean, Omas uh, has big hands. Got it. He's got big hands, and also those big hands can't throw that man over the top rope. Good job. <laughs> I'm sold. Holy bleep. <laughs> Corey Graves did his best back? to sell it too on commentary. <laughs> oh, he my tried God. so hard. He just, just, oh, just... how many people could do that to Brock Lesnar? Well, not that one. <laughs> Graves, did you see that? It's unbelievable. Graves, did you see that? <laughs> no, Kevin Patrick. I saw a guy struggling to get him over the top rope. <laughs> oh, my God, Graves. Did you see the power of Omos? <laughs> I'm breathless. I'm still shocked that match is still in the card as of now. That's big man, man. He wants that big man match. That's all Vince. I'm uh-huh. telling you. I mean, I mean, you had your opportunity Which, almost. You had your opportunity, yeah. and you still couldn't get. And Brock's like, "Yeah, give me my hat. This is this is the shits. I'm out. That's what it was. Give me my hat. Screw this." And that's how you know, like. That's how you know Brock Lesnar's into it. If Vince, again, another person close to Vince, if Vince sells him on something, I'm sure Brock's going to go along with it. And that would make sense that this is a Vince creative decision. (laughs) Almost goes over. Oh, God. You mentioned characters. The Undertaker in an interview with Ariel Hawani says he is done with the dead man character. Quote, when I lifted the curtain and when I lifted it back and pulled it back, that's gone. It's gone now. I can respect that. Mm Mm-hmm. I can respect that because there is so much mystical and, and, and mystery that went into that character and for him to carry it as long as he did. Um, yeah, makes sense. So if he's going to show up and be the American badass or just be Mark Calloway when, when he shows up to legend stuff, I'm completely cool with that. And he, he, he took that undertaker gimmick and took it as far as, anyone could have possibly imagined and the fact that he was able to still do it into the 20 teens and into 2020 like his his last match there that with uh with aj styles like good for you man and and good for wanting to put that behind you look at the power of almost oh my god look at that graves oh sorry Um, take your comeback for omas (laughs) (laughs) no Okay, <laughs> Taker would literally die. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean he's already worked with Goldberg. So yeah, no, he doesn't deal with have another bad match. No, um, no, I'm happy that he said that. I saw that clip as well. I'm glad he said that because similar to Brett Favre, he had a hard time leaving. He could have left, you know, several years before this, before his matchup against AJ Styles, and he had a hard time letting go. Hard time. So uh, he says he's hit his boots and his jacket. Like, those things don't even exist anymore. Didn't have the jacket, didn't have the boots. So he had to burn that stuff. So that way, if Vince calls, sorry, I don't have any outfits. I'm done. <laughs> I like it. I'm, glad, I'm happy for him. I think he's come to peace um, well, with his wrestling career. And I think being able to do the cinematic match probably gave him that piece because it, it, 
especially now watching all the different specials and documentaries that they've had around the undertaker. It seemed like to me, he was, he knew he was at the end, but he was chasing that one last great match and his body just wouldn't cooperate. So to be able to do a cinematic match where you could plan it out, take breaks and allow his body to do what he needed to do, especially with someone as talented as AJ Styles. I think that gave, I think that ended up giving him some peace, especially with that character. And I'm sure also it was exhausting, like always being on, like we talk about him being the best character ever in terms of wrestling. Like I remember the first couple of times seeing Mark Calloway stuff and I'm like, Oh, this is weird. Like, I don't want to hear the Undertaker talk about, you know, the weather and things like that. So the fact of what he's saying is, hey, hey, I let you know, like, I let you see Mark Calloway. You're not going to see the dead man again. Like, I'm sure it was exhausting for all those years. Yeah, because he was old school and uh, and lived up to his gimmick. Mm-hmm. He said in that same interview, was like, I just wish today's wrestlers would just give, just give us a little bit of yeah. the character outside of the ring. Just a little bit. He says, it's just kind of weird to see, like... I don't know. Let's take uh, Bianca Belair for an example, where she's there sewing. You know, she's sewing the outfits of, for her husband and her outfits, and it's like on, on Instagram. And I think that from his standpoint, it's like, yeah, you know, you're the badass with the big braid. Show us a little something else, right? Can you just show us like you're the badass away from the ring too? He thinks that you should own your character at least a little bit outside the ring. And today's modern wrestlers don't do that. They don't do it at no. all. So. And finally, news and notes, as we mentioned, Taya Valkyrie is all elite, showed up last night on Dynamite to confront Jade, was not the mystery opponent, though. That was some random indie Canadian in the ring who got squashed. Who, who like, gave my, it was one of my favorite moments of the night when they introduced her, and to, like, get the crowd going, she just, it wasn't even like a, it, it was nowhere near a full, yeah, let's go, it was just kind of a, like, I'm a professional golfer and just made a three-foot putt to save par, a little, yeah. Like it was just, it was just a little, like, it was just a little fist, like, Hey, let's go. Like it just, it was a minor little thing that just absolutely killed me when they announced her. She's like, yeah, that is, that is what we call the business boo-boo face. (laughs) I'm going to lose in 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. I'm on TV. Yes. That's a 15-year veteran, too. Oh, yeah. She's she's been around for a while. I've never seen her, but she's been around for a while. and There were tweets about her. People, Some people knew who she was. Excalibur did a great job of running down her credentials, especially given she had a lot of credentials and the match was not very long. Um, So, you know, tip of the cap to you, Excalibur. But uh, in terms of Taya Valkyrie being an AEW, that's fantastic, especially Mm now. It's been hard during this Jade Cargill run to take a lot of the challengers seriously. Like when she's going up against Sky Blue, like, okay, I know you're beating (laughs) Sky Blue. And maybe she goes over Taya. I have no idea if she will or not. But having another, because the thing about Jade is she's just so physical. She's tall. She's just cut out of stone. So to have another just physical presence in that ring going head to head, now I'm interested. You got me locked. Like, this is going to be whatever it turns out into being. I'm interested in it. You got me locked in. So, uh, okay. So, Taya Valkyrie should be the one to beat her for that championship. Okay, because I hear, and here's where you'll know whether or not that Taya is going to win when they wrestle. If Taya has to slow down spot by spot like Jade does, then Taya is going to lose. But if, if Taya wins, then the match will be sped up because she wrestled in Mexico, and so she used to that. She's kind of a, a triple-A Mexico style. She's wrestled in Japan. She's So she knows all the styles, but if you got to slow down, 
your whole pace because Jade's got to think, all right, side headlock, take over, head scissors, jump out. Side headlock, take over, into the ropes, drop down, okay, clothesline. Okay, if it's that, then Jade's going to win because that's all we are seeing. We're seeing her color by the numbers every freaking match. Like, I, her most, I told you guys, one of her most impressive matches was against Sky Blue because yeah. she actually was in trouble. It's like, oh, she was taking a beating. Like, all right, here we go. Like, it, so 50 something matches. She doesn't do indies. That's a problem. She, because she needs a lot more work. She does. And so against Taya Valkyrie, this should be where Taya should be able to win that title. At some point, Jade's got to chase. At some point. The problem, though, with Jade is okay, so you've made her 54 and 0. Let's say she's 54 and 1. You didn't build up like Goldberg. And right. and I know that, you know, again, you watch all the WCW stuff and, oh, if you, Kevin, you've seen Kevin Nash say it a thousand times. Well, if your gimmick is you're undefeated and you lose, and then you didn't have much of a gimmick to begin with. But like Goldberg had built up enough where he was, the way he squashed people, like there was still a following. Like there was still something there with Goldberg, even though you had taken away a little bit of the shine by ending the, the undefeated streak. What's there if she goes down? Like if, if Taya beats her and she's now 54 and one, what's left? What's, what's there? Well, well, they did this wrong to start with because the whole Goldberg thing was the chase for the, t- for the title against Hogan. Right. That was the, that's the reason why you ramp him up. He was Bill Gold. I remember that first matchup, <laughs> Bill Gold, and his opponent. It's like, really, it's yeah. like yeah, it's just Bill Gold, right? <laughs> then, then he starts winning matches. He gets that jackhammer over, and all of a sudden, he starts winning some matches. He's just like filler on Nitro. All right, Bill Gold wins. All right, the next match, right? But the reason why, bro, it worked is because it was a ramp up to beating Hogan for the championship. Sure. She has a championship and undefeated. So where do you go with that? So the one thing I would throw out there is almost as a distraction is we've talked a lot about the storyline about the originals. Does she take the loss and then all of a sudden turns face and is part of the original crew and gets involved in that storyline? I think she should. I mean, look at her. She looks like a movie star. She, so like I her like- teaming up with the faces, with the Brits of the world, like – the outcast can even be involved in that, like costing her the belt. Like, oh, we don't like you know you. You're an original, whereas Taya is coming from outside the company to win these belts and do it that way. I mean, she looks like a movie star. She like, does. She yeah. I, mean, I don't think I don't see her in wrestling very long. Quite frankly, Vero Beach's finest, uh, one of our own down here. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Yeah, yes, her and Terry Taylor. You want to own Terry Taylor too? <laughs> <laughs> Just Jade. That, that, that schmuck. <laughs> you want the Red Rooster? He's from Vero Beach. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, I'll go with Jade. Okay. <laughs> we'll just we'll stick with Jade on this one. Yeah. Uh, what did you boys have as your match of the week? Um, I love the triple threat. I think we all did. The main event at uh, Dynamite in Winnipeg. Yep. It's just funny. You know, you guys were talking earlier about how you see the House of Black, and when they win, it's, it's a little bit of a silence. Yeah. But here's the thing about Brody King. When Brody King hits you, it's always, <laughs> oh, the crowd's like, wow. He's so frustrating. Oh. He but is... it's every time, though, because when he comes in and he hits somebody, the crowd's like, oh, it's great. I love He's the running diagonally like, across the ring, just squashing everybody in the corners. Oh. But, like, it's so cool to see a big man booked as a monster. Like, he's not doing choo-choo sounds like Braun. Like, he's being booked <laughs> as a monster, and, like, it's paying off right now. 
That's so true. There are no choo-choo sounds. That is true. Uh, I like that match. I also like the um, bro. It's uh-oh. Uh, Athena against uh, Willow Nightingale. Oh, uh, where did you watch that, Jay Hood? Uh, 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 um, also, um, <laughs> I didn't see uh, that on my television. Uh, another match. Uh, yeah, did, did, did I did I take a nap during Dynamite? <laughs> uh, uh, pure, pure title. Uh, Willow Yuta Thatcher. Uh, very good. Oh, okay. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Go ahead. What was yours? <laughs> that sounds like the matches that might cost you nine ninety nine a month. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Yuta uh, uh, Thatcher over. I'm just saying, very oh, good match. Um, <laughs> ROH. Um, uh, go ahead. Who was saying? Um, so I really liked the opener for last night. I liked the six man tag um, with uh, Dark Order versus uh, the Blackpool Combat Club. Mm-hmm. Again, speaking of Wheeler Yuta, like the way he used the bell and then belly flopped on top of it to hide it from the official, <laughs> fantastic. Like that is just great healing. Great way to hide whatever weapon you just used. Fantastic. Because a lot of times, you know, you just throw it out the ring and hope nobody notices. Like, he knew it was there, and he jumped down and, like, covered it up. Like, he, you know, like, he wanted to make sure nobody saw that. So that was fun. I actually also, on Raw, um, and he, he comes up every once in a while, but Angelo Dawkins, man, like... He went up against Austin Theory. Angelo, and it was more just Angelo being impressive. And again, I'm going to be sad when Tez leaves him behind because he is doing everything he can not to be left behind. I just didn't like the finish. And for obvious reasons. Yeah, the finish was, yeah. A town. Down. Just because, you know, again, I just, that kid getting over on Angelo Dawkins. Like, oh, God. Yeah, I mean, that was the obvious there. But for me, it was the trios also. I also said the five way on Friday. Even though, you know, wonky ending as well with Sheamus and Drew. But, like, I thought those five sort of delivered. That was a fun match. And I feel like they're going the triple threat route. Or did they just do it in Drew and Gunther one-on-one at Mania? Oh! You mean mean Sheamus is in there, too? Because how do you leave either of those off the Mania card? Because whoever, if it's just a clean finish, like, the loser of that match has nothing to do. So just throw them both in there. What What happened to Madison Square Garden with the Battle Royal? What? Who won that? I don't know. I'm guessing Guthrie's still the champ. Okay. Okay. Uh, so I'm clear. The Madison Square Garden thing was a battle royal. Was Gunther in the battle royal? No, so no. they faced him later that night. Yeah, whoever they... won the battle royal Whoa. faced him later at MSG that night. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Okay. But, but, I mean, I guess you could do – you could leave Sheamus off and Sheamus costs McIntyre and then they have another feud after Mania. I don't know. I guess I'm okay if Sheamus isn't on the WrestleMania card. Like, I'm not going to cry. I agree. Like, I'm not the biggest of Sheamus fans, but I feel like he's done enough to sort of earn that spot. Also, the Garden Ricochet won the Battle Royal last eliminating Dominic Mysterio and then lost to Gunther for the IC title. You're not a Sheamus fan. What the hell does that mean? He's giving you banger after banger after banger. What do you mean? (laughs) He's busting his ass for years in this company. What is wrong with you? Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Fine. Okay. Yeah, he's fine. No, yeah. no, Austin Theory's fine. Sheamus has given you quality <laughs> over the years. Like, look, look, I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm just saying that if That's at terrible. this point, if he's not on the mania card, I'll be okay. That's terrible. <laughs> Busting his ass. And another one of these guys like Dolph Ziggler is good enough for the road, but not good enough for the main event. Oh, I will fight. I will fight for Dolph Ziggler to the death. <laughs> I am a huge Ziggler mark. It's just a whole bubble of them. He's got Sheamus in there. Who else in that bubble? Dolph Ziggler, Natalia. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Natalia is a hundred percent that in the women's division. That's so a thousand sad. percent. 
All these people just work hard. They're just there for your house shows. <laughs> like the one in Milwaukee this weekend. Yeah, forget. coming Whoa. up. Hey, you might even see me there. Ticketmaster.com or Pfizer Forum box office. Wow. I don't think there's anything else is going on that time except Marquette poops. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Let, let me tell you, I was I was sweating out Marquette playing Friday, Sunday, and hoping not for the Thursday, Saturday, because that could have messed up my Saturday night plans ahead to Pfizer Forum and watching Cody Rhodes take on Finn Balor. Okay. And also, you know, Austin Theory, bring your Austin Theory signs. They'll be looking forward <laughs> to you. Bring your sign up. Hey, <laughs> town. Down. Down. Ugh. The worst. <laughs> We'll be right back here next Thursday. Still plenty of things to get to as we are on that road to WrestleMania. Maybe Jay Hood will continue to give you a report cards on what has uh, happening over on the uh, ROH TV show as a member of the Honor Club. Who knows? It's certainly possible. Please. Since he continues to, to give us great matches that yeah. are happening on, on ROH in, in the club Honor Club. <laughs> Who knows? We'll find out next week right here. GKW. I'm a 